Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. back to the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger legend, the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. You got hammered. I don't know if I'm a three-star, two-star, four-star, but it doesn't matter today. You're a five-star in my book, Bernie. 21 years ago, thanks, Clint, for reminding me that I might have been a star or something, but... We have we brought our, our favorite guy from Rivals back, Clint Cosgrove. We're going to talk about the returning champ, the returning champ. Talk about all our Badger guys that we got, <laughs> who, who hopefully we see on the field and who produce and who go on to play in the NFL. And you know, Clint is the is the is the professional here. He's got oh, all the God. knowledge. I think Matt Perkins has way too much knowledge for a grown for a grown man who doesn't get paid to do some of these things. <laughs> he knows so much. It's unbelievable. And I know so little. So um, I'm just excited, Clint, to hear what, hear what you think, hear what you got, um, hear what, what diamonds in the roughs we might have gotten, hear yeah. about Wisconsin as the state, hear about what's going on. I mean, we got Matt Perkins and I were sending about a thousand texts back and forth before this. There might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get started. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. I do want to start really easy like we're in kindergarten. Okay. Tell me what the stars and the rating... Oh, t- just tell me, like, if you were going to explain it to, like, my mom, what would this mean? Well, since I recently got it explained to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so, no, that it's a great question because even before I was at Rivals and stuff and working on this side of thing, I kind of wondered how it all worked. And um, they, uh, it's loosely kind of based off future draft potential. So, it's kind of like, um, you know, uh, I don't know. It's like uh, a coach recruiting. You're trying to project what they're going to be in, in four years. 
Um, that's why you don't see five-star kickers, you know, because kickers don't typically get drafted a lot of the time. Um, you know, positions of value, you don't see a lot of five-star centers, um, you know, because you don't get a lot of five-star uh, five first-round center draft picks. It does happen, just like it will happen that, you know, centers get five stars. Um, but it's loosely based on that. So, like, you know, we typically, from my understanding, uh, you know, this is my first uh, you know, final signing day of a class. But uh, if you look, I bet you there's around, and it might be exact, like 32 five-star kids, you know, just like 32 first-round draft picks. Um, so positional value does come into play when you're trying to decide who those five-star guys are. Um, another thing is, like, these rankings are done over and over and over. Uh, so, like, a class will get ranked, like, seven or eight times. Like, there's 2024s and 2025s who have double digit like power five offers that we haven't even done the star ratings on. So, uh, you know, four star would be like, a, you know, a second, third round uh, grade. Uh, three star would be a, a mid round grade. So like people are like, oh, these three stars got drafted in the first round. And I'm like, well, there's more three stars than five and four. Like they should be just statistically. Um, now. Uh, you know, statistics also prove that your chances of going to the NFL are much better as a five star. Now, they're not better because you got five stars. They're better because you're a physically gifted freak. Uh, yeah. and you have a better <laughs> chance to go to the NFL based off that. Um, you know, uh, now, if you go on our website, uh, you know, like the uh, the stars, like it tells you what they're really based off of. So like, what what I said right there is kind of what we try to keep in mind while we're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not the basis for the stars. But like when I'm watching a kid and being new to it, you know, when I'm trying to think of a star ranking, I'm kind of thinking loosely off that. But if you actually go to the like uh, on the homepage of rivals.com uh, and it will be like uh, football recruiting and you drag down at the bottom it will give you like a FAQs and in there, it says the actual reasoning behind them. Mm -hmm. So like a 6.1 five star is considered to be an instant impact national player. Uh, you know, uh, actually I'm going to pull it up. So five, the rating 5.8 to 6.0 is a four star, uh, 5.5 to 5.7 is a three, uh, five, four, five, three and five, four are two stars. And you guys don't give one stars. So. Yeah, it's five two and five two to five four are are two. So uh, five two to five four, I believe, is it's a FBS uh, contributor. Um, the three star guys are our uh, power five contributor to power five starter. Then the uh, four stars are power five starter NFL uh, potential, and five stars are guys who we see that are going to be high round draft picks in the future, basically. Um, so. That's what it's based off of. Then, like you said, Bernie, within there's, uh, you know, if you're a five, five to a five, seven, that's three different rankings within three star, um, a three star is a three star at the end of the day, that's to separate teams as far as recruiting rankings. Um, but like a 5.7, three star can say they're a three star, just like a 5.5, three star can say they're a three star. So interesting. Okay. Um, well, thank yeah. you for that. Cause you know, now it makes sense to me, but I mean, I'm sure there's obviously a lot more that goes into it, but it makes sense to say this will be an impact player and he's, and he's projected NFL guy eventually. Yeah. So yep. I like that. That's kind of how it is. Cause it, it does make sense. Um, 
Matt, do you have any other questions about the ratings? I just I think mean, it's so I've interesting. I've been delving deep into these ratings for 15 years, man. <laughs> so, like, I, I no, I don't. But you know, our <laughs> our listeners might. But what I will say though, if you are also interested in the team recruiting ratings, like how they rank the teams. There's a great uh, FAQ on the Rivals page that says what the formula that they use is to rank the teams. And it's a certain, you get points based on the, on the, on the, on the, whether you're a 5-5, five, 5-7, five, five, seven, et cetera. And then they get bonus points for being like a Rivals 250, a Rivals 100, et cetera. And they rank, they, they do it on the aggregate of the top 20 guys that you sign in a class. So guys, uh, if you've signed like, if you're an SEC and you oversign every year and you've signed 27 guys, or whatever, they're only doing that team ranking based on the top 20 guys that you signed. It's very oh scientific. God. Yes. The wealth of knowledge that you two have is unbelievable. <laughs> um, but the difference so, is that Clint gets paid for it and I and I'm just an addict. So <laughs> and he no, spends more time on it. <laughs> but I mean, this is what's great about having this podcast is that. You know, we got all these brains who have all these different knowledge. I think it's very special. But Clint, you're okay. So let's talk like big picture. Wisconsin's ranked 46. What do you yeah. think about that number? And is that good? Are we slipping? I think last year we were in the 30s. Matt last Perkins. Year, no, last year. So the 2021 class was the highest ranked class in the Rivals.com era for the Badgers. And I think they finished in the top 50. It was one okay. of the best classes. That was last year. Last year, the 2021 class that had guys like Nolan Rucci and Braylon mm. Allen and Hunter Wohler. And a lot of this class has dropped off significantly when it comes to the rivals' rankings, due in part to A, it was a smaller class, and B, they lost Saeed Khalif, who left for Michigan State, who was the head of the recruiting department. And they have not really filled that position at all. And now, a lot of the turmoil that has been sort of bannered about uh, uh, in regards to that is the fact that Khalif and Coach Paul Christ seem to butt heads a little bit, whereas Khalif wanted more control over effectively what an NFL team would call player personnel department. And Christ was not as cool giving that to him as some other programs have been in basically having a director of player personnel. You see a lot of these SEC teams, I mean, Georgia's sort of the model for this. They have a 20-person recruiting department who is headed up by, I literally think it's called the director of player personnel. And they are doing these really great and important, like looking into the future. Okay, how many guys, what holes are we going to need to fill, et cetera, et cetera. Who do we target for that? Um, there's a... I'm going to shout out my friend Jay boy who does an amazing podcast, the Jay boy show. He's on Colin coward, coward, ugh, Colin coward's network now. Uh, but yeah. I've, he and I've been on each other's shows a bunch of times and he does a really good job of breaking this down, how modern day recruiting departments, especially in the sec are working, but they haven't had sort of a person leading the charge. And you saw that in, in this recruiting class, in my opinion. And I'm curious to ask Clint sort of how you see what Wisconsin needs to do to grow, to get back to the levels that we saw in the 2020 and 2021 classes, which are two of the best classes that the Badgers have had in the past 20 years. Trying to make it so I can't go to the football offices anymore in Madison. Huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no. Uh, 
Well, keep in mind when you when you say forty six, like that. This is there's some good players in this class. They only signed what fifteen kids. Fifteen guys. Um, so when you're taking I think what, I think Brooks might have been the sixteenth. Two, four, six, um, eight, ten, twelve. No, fifteen. Yep, it's fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yep, fifteen guys. Uh, yeah, and so. Keep in mind that if, you know, when you're ranking, you know, the top 20, there's going to be very few teams in the top 25 who have less than 20 players. It's going to be your SEC player, our teams, I'd imagine, um, traditional powers, guys who are signing, you know, a handful of four, maybe a five star, um, you know, because it is there's there's weighting that goes into the rankings um, <clears throat> and you get points uh, according to, uh, you know, what Matt said uh, about how it's weighted and everything like that. So. Um, in order to get back, well, you'd have to have a bigger class, obviously. Now, this is kind of uh, what you're talking about right now is what I worked in for eight years before I, um, you know, I went to uh, got lucky enough to come over to Rivals. And uh, so there are there are so many things, so many resources. You have to really, um, one, have the budget to. And two, be dedicated to uh, having a top recruiting class. Uh, it also helps to be in an area where there is a lot of talent. Um, I always say, and I get a lot of questions, I do a lot of interviews on Missouri's recruiting, and they killed it this year. Um, they did a really good job. I'm not sure what they ended up finishing in, but they, it was that. 17th okay they were 16th to start yesterday and who who knows what happens and that doesn't take in the transfer portal either so um you know that's their top recruiting class ever and i so when i talk about that it's in order for them to have a top recruiting class they basically have to go like 14 of 15 in their home area like you have to get every top player so like Wisconsin, at the same time, you have to get the top players in your home state if you're going to be a highly recruit, a highly rated recruiting class. Because Wisconsin, as good as Wisconsin has been over the time, and uh, you know they're up there in the wins column, Rose Bowls, like all those things in the modern kind of recruiting era, and they uh, in they're still not going to go to Alabama and beat Alabama on a kid. It's just not going to happen. So in order to be ranked high, when you're only getting maybe one or two, four stars or uh, every now and then a five star in Wisconsin, you have to get those kids. Now I'm not saying that every one of those fours and fives Wisconsin desperately wants, not saying every four and five uh, are going to be for sure NFL guys, but their chances are pretty good. And when you're talking from a ratings standpoint, they have to get them if they want to be ranked high. So that's that's the number one thing. Wait, let me, Matt. I know you have a question. I actually think I know what it is, but let me go. Let me go back for a second, Clint. So the best area for recruiting high school student football players is either the South, Texas. So it's basically the South, is what you're saying. Well, it's basically Florida. I think this year our final rivals 250, it was Florida had the, the most amount of players. Texas two, California three, mm. or was it California four? Oh, I think it was Georgia three, California four, uh, four and Louisiana five. So it's the South. It's yeah. Basically. It's the South and California. California. 
Yeah, California is always two through four usually, and then Texas will be one through four or one through three. Um, okay. And you, you look at the populations there combined with there's just more football there. There's more right. football players. There's spring football. Like there's a there's a it's a big difference. It's it's not even close. <laughs> yeah, seven now, on seven leagues, all that kind of. Good yeah. Stuff. Now that being said. Like I take the, the quality of football, like in the Chicagoland area is very good. Um, the quality of football in Detroit is really good. St. Louis, really good. Now of those three areas, you know, Chicago population probably has the most overall strong teams, but you'll look and you'll see that St. Louis and Detroit might have more elite level players. Um, so, but going on a tangent there, um, uh, so that the in-state kids would be the number one thing. And then you really have to be dedicated to it and you've got to have a department. So if you don't have a recruiting department, your staff better live this 24 seven. Um, I talked to a kid who's committing to, uh, a good team tonight, uh, earlier. And he said that there was a coach that he talked to every single day on that staff. And they beat out some big time, big time programs. And this is an up and coming program. But um, so not saying that Wisconsin doesn't have guys or or they don't do that. I don't know. But I do know that they don't have a recruiting department. I do know that they haven't bought a lot of services of recent. And especially if you don't have 20 people in your recruiting department, uh, you better have a list. So your guys with limited resources aren't out on the road driving from school to school looking for kids or going through huddle all day looking for kids, you still want to do some of that. You're going to ask coaches when you're on the road, who are some players that I might not know about that are under-recruited and all that stuff. I mean, you're going to do your detective work. Um, You're going to do your old-fashioned recruiting, but there are resources out there where, you know what, instead of spending five days watching film, I can spend one day watching film, not miss 98% of the prospects, there's going to be a couple kids that everybody's going to miss. Um, And you might get lucky, but instead of pounding the pavement, looking for guys, I can identify and evaluate and recruit. I don't even have to identify. I can evaluate and recruit the guys that I want. So I'm taking out all the legwork. Somebody else is doing it for me. Somebody that I trust. Um, That is something, uh, you know, that schools with resources, even those that don't, uh, that understand the value. I can buy a recruiting service for less money than I can for sending a coach driving on the road for four days between hotels and everything like that. So uh, a lot of uh, coaches don't believe in that stuff, but your Alabamas, your LSUs who have 50 people in their personnel department between students and full-timers and, and volunteers and all that, um, they're still buying that stuff. So, so we're not we're not saying that Wisconsin has nothing and they do nothing. I, I just want to make sure oh, correct. they are 100%. definitely recruiting. We definitely just recruiting. right now are looking for a recruiting coordinator slash yes. player personnel guy or whatever that yep. title will be. And we probably don't have as strong as a recruiting group or team as we used to 10 years ago, probably 20 years ago. I mean, I remember you're getting hit by a lot of different people all the time. And that's what you need. And I know we had 
10 years ago, we had a solid team that people would, would rave about. Maybe they didn't come here, but they would rave about the individuals who were working there. So yeah. I would say that we definitely, I mean, I don't, to me, recruiting is the, is the hardest thing to do and probably yeah. the most important to do because these are your, yeah. this is your pipeline. So it's the most exhausting know, thing to do nowadays too. exhausting. So imagine a coach. Let's, I just like using Jimmy cause he's my friend and I just know him. Imagine Jimmy is pulling up game plans for the bowl game and maybe next year, the national championship. And then has to go on Twitter and, you know, DM yeah. people and exactly. you know, try to call people like that's why you need that guy. And Saeed leaving, yeah. hurts us. It, it hurts us. So, you know, and, and I think, and I think this is a topic we'll eventually get to, but it kind of feels like maybe Wisconsin's fence or the wall that they built around the, 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 the state 20 years ago, 10 years ago is starting to deteriorate a little bit. And Quinn, I'd love to hear what you think about that. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. Wisconsin only signed two of the top five prospects in the state. Uh, overall, they only signed what I want to say four of the top 10 prospects in the state. And there were, there was a, I mean, there are 14 guys from this year's class who went to power five schools from the state of Wisconsin. And only four of them are going to Wisconsin, four or five, one, two, three, five of them are going to Wisconsin. And that's a bit, that, that's a bit surprising that, that that's a bit surprising. And, you know, I, I want to know your thoughts on that. Obviously, like, do you, is that a thing of recruiting department not doing as good a job with the in-state or is that other schools realizing there actually is talent in the state of Wisconsin, which is a historically under-recruited area because guys just don't get the exposure from there and they're starting to, you know, jump in there now? Yeah, I think it's really a combination of things. Um, you know, it's a lot harder to build a fence around a state nowadays than it was like when we were coming up. There, even when I was coaching, I, I got Twitter and this was, I think 2012, I got out of it. I got Twitter like right when I was getting out of coaching, like I didn't even have it. Like now you pretty much have to. Um, so I do think it's just becoming because of the amount of exposure, the amount of kids and everything like that, it's becoming harder and the kids are exposed to more. I don't have to have resources to see an incredible video of, Ohio State's facilities or something and be intrigued by that and see them play every week on TV. When I grew up, I was only seeing Wisconsin games and maybe like a national game. You know, there were you could watch two games a day on TV or something like now I can watch any team in the country at any time I want. I can watch an FCS team. So the prospects and recruits are being exposed to more. It's easier for teams outside of the state to connect with these kids. Um, there are more resources, whether it be Twitter, uh, recruiting services, um, huddle, uh, where I can watch a kid from anywhere. So um, those are all contributing factors. Um, I think when you also have to look at, uh, I remember, like, even when the quote unquote wall was built around the state, well, one, teams didn't really, unless they had a connection to a kid, if Wisconsin wanted them, they weren't going to spend too much time on it. They might throw out an offer um, and be like, if the kid shows a lot of interest to us, then we'll pursue it. Um, 
but they didn't put all their resources into landing a kid from Wisconsin if Wisconsin wanted them because they weren't going to get them. But at the same time, there were kids like you look at the what the DB who went to Michigan State. Uh, I remember like back in our age, there was a quarterback who went to Michigan from I think he was from Cudahy or something. Who was that, Matt? You'll know who it is. Uh, a DB that went to oh the DB that Michigan to say well, was Trey was Trey Wayans. Yes, and Wisconsin oh. didn't want him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't offer him. So that's not a loss to me, to Wisconsin. They decided they didn't want the kid. Now, when you look at the draft, it looks bad, but like, I don't know, their percentage of hitting on the kids they want versus kids they didn't want is pretty high. And the kids who they wanted were more successful usually than the kids who they didn't that went to these name programs, but they didn't pursue them hard. And so, um, so you have to look at that too. Like, if they don't want a kid from their home state, they should get beat up for not taking them. Um, now I can understand if they get beat up if the kid goes and you know goes down to Illinois and becomes a baller and is a draft pick. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of on the evaluation you're or whatnot. Always going to make mistakes. I mean, this is still yes, exactly. You know, There's no science. I mean, involved. you're still you're right. You're right because you're still talking about seventeen. 17- year old kids 18 year old kids i mean they're kids they're they're not even adults at this point yeah some people get to college and blow up like they're phenomenal yeah. some people were doing that since high school you ju- that's the hard part it's like the unknown right is that you can yeah. tell you can see only what they've done up to high school and you can still see like you said before on the show how they move how they how you know they their low their center of gravity like all those things you see a Body guy mechanics. up front. yes you see yeah. all those things and you know like okay never mind this guy's going to be good no matter what the film says like i know yeah but yeah so everything you're saying definitely resonates my only concern is that you know if they're the top 5 people in the state how many guys are you like well we don't want that kid you know, we yeah, had, they wanted these kids. They wanted, right. Okay. Yeah, that's the saying, difference. Like, that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. I was, I was trying to, yeah, no. I wasn't making excuse at all. I was trying to, but I was making that there is a distinct line between those two. Sure. With fan bases will beat down on a school for not getting a kid that they didn't want, right. <laughs> you know? And like, well, that's fine. If the kid turns out that's on the staff, but like you said, you're projecting, these are kids, you know, like, absolutely. Th- this isn't a science. So. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the specific kids that they did get. Cause I mean, we could, we could whinge and moan about Billy Shrouth and Carson Hinsman and Jerry Cross, sure. yeah. but we're not here to do that. Those guys chose to go elsewhere and cool. Good for them. Let's talk yeah, about and the also, guys. Go and ahead, Matt. Matt but go also ahead, we have, it's, we almost have 14. It looks like 14, three stars, one, four star four star but wisconsin builds these guys up so like let's all remember that we have great coaches we have great training staff we have we have the the full program that if you're a three-star going in you could and you're you're going to be successful on the field if you're playing you'll be successful we don't put three stars on the field who we like just send to the wolves so i just want to i just want to preference preface that yes it doesn't look great 46 and we got three star guys but there are a lot of three-star guys who have been who are in the NFL probably still to this day. So. The majority of NFL guys, I think, are, are three stars. Um, simply for the fact that not everybody's a first-round draft pick, including the majority of the NFL, you know? Sure. So, like, the NFL first-rounders, those are the five stars in the NFL. Those guys, those guys are 22 years old. Sometimes they don't pan out, right. you know? like Look at the Jets. What I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing, too. 
He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. And now you can invest like the GOAT too with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. And even better, art price outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 and 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR in 2020 and 2021 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Get priority access with our game day promo by going to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. Okay, let's keep going. Okay, so let's talk about, I want to start with, I mean, what I guess pretty much everyone would consider the crown jewel of this class, and that's Joe Brunner, uh, the big tackle, uh, in-state guy, Whitefish Bay. I mean, to me, he just looks like, just like, if you could describe, like, what a Wisconsin offensive lineman looks like, it looks like Joe Brunner. What do you see in him, and, you know, how do you think he projects as a tackle on the inside? And what do you like about his game? Yeah. So um, what you said, like, I think I wrote an article that was like, he's a Wisconsin. He like, he's your prototypical Wisconsin offense alignment. And um, I love his game. I, I love it. I mean, this kid is nasty. Like you turn on the film and he can bend. I mean, he's six, seven, three fifteen, probably heavier than that. I don't know. He'll probably stay around that weight in college. Cause he'll cut fat and put on muscle. And, but this guy's a mauler. Um, he physically and mentally dominates his opponent. He's got great feet. He can bend. He fires off the ball, comes with bad intentions. He's a Wisconsin offense alignment. Um, uh, I think the reason he's probably not a five-star and he's in that conversation is you don't know how he's going to be as a pass blocker, you know, like, and he hasn't gone up against, you know, a bunch of big time defense alignment either. Now, you look at the film and you look at the size and the athleticism, you know, he's going to have, he'll be just fine against, you know, your big time defense alignment. I think he is a kid. He has a skill set to play on the edge or on the inside. I think what I like about him and his chance to get on the field early on is his versatility, flexibility, and his ability to play across the line. I don't know if he's a center, but um, I think he could play guard or tackle. Um, you see him pull. He's got great feet. He plays, he plays low. Um, great body control uses his hands. He is somewhat raw, but body mechanics wise, he's, he seems pretty developed. Um, and this is up in Whitefish Bay. Uh, wait till he gets down to Wisconsin develops, goes against some big time competition day in and day out, which will make him better in it in itself. Physically, he's already ready. Um, obviously he'll gain a lot of strength. Um, but I think, you know, you talk about, your prototypical offensive lineman and, and potential draft pick down the road, you know, Brunner's definitely in that conversation. I think he's got incredible upside. He had a lot of options for a reason. And um, Wisconsin did a great job keeping him in state. A lot of good options too, right? Like Arizona yeah. state, uh, Florida state, some Iowa. I feel like I was yeah. always in the mix. Oh, they I are. hate that. You know, they've they taken some kids out of Wisconsin. <laughs> I, know. I, hate, yeah. I, I hate that. I see that emblem. All Miami, the- LSU. Yeah. Michigan I mean, State, Notre awesome. Dame, Ohio State. Uh, that's a big win. Oregon, big win. Penn State. Yeah, that's a big win. Who does he remind you of from, from I guess, back in the day or, or somebody on the team at some point? 
I have a thought. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear what you think. Do you want to hear what I think? I'll tell you. Hit yeah, it. I would love big, to. Big, bad Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. He does have a little Ben Johnson in him. I will say this. He can Runner's bend better? probably longer, and he can bend better. Yeah. That- He's a little more athletic. Yep. Um, you know, Clint, we, I, we yeah, you know, <laughs> I just, you, you know, like you should be the recruiting coordinator. Nah, I, listen, you know what? You're right. I should be. And I would take the job in a heartbeat and I would love it. Do you hear that? Um, you hear that guys? <laughs> yeah. You hear that? Matty, as long uh, as you're bringing me on staff with you, we're, we're, we're good to go. We're all three you of know, us are I going. I think that would be a good hire too. The three, the, the, the three, dream team. The three of us. <laughs> the dream team right here, baby. But, but it's funny because because you all you have to do, this is what I think, is you have to be, you have to treat every kid like they're royalty and you have to treat their parents like they're royalty and be a down-to-earth, like, good person. And yes, I know recruiting is not technically, like, the best. Like, you, you, I feel like some people are very fake when they do it. But you're talking yeah. to me like, I'm not going to lie you, to you about Kelly. Yeah, like you think <laughs> I'm gonna lie about Wisconsin? It is the best place in the world, and everyone should go there. Yeah, exactly. I think I. So and I think you're just saying the, that, like from the heart, from the you heart. Know, like yeah, you you mean that. Yeah. So and let's that's get back genuine. to it. I'm throwing my hat in. Come on, Barry, yep. make a call, man. I'm kidding, <laughs> Barry. You're the best. Um. So yeah, but he reminds me of Ben Johnson. But you said he can bend a little bit better. From yeah. what I see, like him, his maul uh, mauling ability. I don't know if anyone yeah. remembers Ben Johnson. But he was probably like. Six eight, six nine, three twenty, and just mean. He was mean. He was like a nice guy, but like you get him on the field and he's mean. Dude, out off the field, he was great. I mean, he really talked yeah. much and he talked. Yeah, he was quiet. So, quiet. but you always got to watch out for the quiet ones. Well, the quiet always giants. The quiet yeah, you yeah. Watch out for <laughs> always the quiet ones. And he like, had, he's yeah. the one in the corner not saying much until stuff goes down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I mean. So you're you're saying the only thing that this kid really needs to work on right now is pass protection. Yeah, and it's it's just like, well, I don't know. Maybe he's a stud at it. It's just they didn't really pass, you know. And <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I was in the hospital during the during the All Star game, so I didn't get to go down there. Um, I was supposed to be there, and I would have seen him play and do it. Um, my understanding, like he was just he was very impressive. He's just raw. What you're gonna a kid from Wisconsin who's not getting a personal trainer every day, not playing spring football, not going year round, not playing in all-star games. They're going to be raw. And that's what you love about kids from Wisconsin though, is because mm-hmm. they're upside. You know, a lot of guys, when they get to college, they're already right here. And then we'll get to right here. These Wisconsin kids are like right here and are going to get to here, you know, and like, that's a big difference. So uh, no, it's not guaranteed. None of it is, but the ceiling for a Wisconsin kid, Midwest kids in general, who aren't getting year-round football, is going to be a lot different. Yeah, and that's we were talking to Nick Herbig about <clears throat> that exact thing. It's like you don't just go to the weight room to do bench and squat every day. It's so yeah. structured that you become a, a different type of player. I know for yeah, me, you're- it's the same thing. It's exact same thing. You're up in the morning working out. You go to practice. You're watching. You're in film. It's like the mental and the physical. They, they have to come or else you're just not going to be playing football. Yeah. I mean, you weren't doing uh, inchworms and, uh, and supermans and single legged squats in high school. Are you Bernie? Not, uh, not that I remember. We were doing a <laughs> lot though. Wasn't. Like, we were doing a lot, but a yeah. lot doesn't match up to what JD and bot put together. Oh, yeah. Right. Like training that like little muscle that you didn't know you had right there, but <laughs> it hurts the next day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, 
let's keep going on this list. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. So I, I don't, Matt, you probably want to jump around to different people, but I want to talk about what I think Wisconsin's offense is lacking the absolute most wide receivers. It looks like we have what we got three guys. I'm, I'm missed, big bodies too. I miss the Darren Charles days. That's exactly what I was going to say. We got a guy who's six, five and a guy, two guys who are six, five once two thirty. Kind of, oh no, that's the defensive end. Sorry, I was getting pumped for that guy. I was like, really. I missed that guy. Who's that? No, but, but but Tommy McIntosh is six five. He might be two thirty. Yeah, yeah, he might be two thirty now. Uh, he's yeah. a he's he a kid. <laughs> I think who is who when kind of under recruited, but he's you look at his highlight film, man, he's an athlete. Yeah, talk to me about the wide receivers because these are the guys we need the most. At least in my mind, we need these guys. Yeah. So, you know, remember back in the like. And I keep on saying back in the day, but that's when I followed football at Wisconsin very closely. Like Chris Chambers, Lee Evans, uh, these guys are coming back to back playing together at some point, you know, even, you know, Nick Davis, they're all NFL receivers. Um, There isn't like a Lee Evans type in this group. Okay. They're different styles of players. Now there aren't a lot of first round draft pick receivers. They're like Lee Evans, Um, but it's a very good group. It, it really is. Um, and you know, like Tommy McIntosh, he is, he's in the six, five, two, 10, two, 15. Like he's a frame. Like he probably will end up being as big as like a Joe Ferguson when it's all said and done, you know? And Jake, uh, Jake Ferguson, Jake Ferguson, or, not Joe Ferguson, Joe Ferguson, Joe Ferguson. Lord. <laughs> Listen, uh, Joe, was Ferguson. Dude. He, Joe was Joe a was scrappy dude. Joe was a scrappy dude. He made the most of that five ten frame. Yeah, well, hey, my brother uh, babysat him both. So I remember, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but um, so uh, so he's, he brings that like kind of like flex tight end aspect, but very athletic. Um, I don't think you want to get him too big, uh, but he's got that frame to get me big. Uh, great ball school, skills, knows how to use his body, boxes out, can catch the 50-50 ball. Um, he's probably faster than you think he is, covers a lot of ground with his steps. Um, but you know, he's a kid, he's more, he's like a, a thicker Darren Charles mold, Bernie. Mm-hmm. That's um, what he looks like. He looks a lot. Thicker. Yeah. He looks like a taller OD kind of. Yeah. You know what? A little bit. He's, yeah. No, similar. The, the OD was six, four, two, 10, two, 15 coming out. I think he's a quarterback, but right. Well, he's a quarterback. So <laughs> speaking of receivers, though, the the last addition to the class was a late flip from Yale, which you don't see every yep. day, Chris no. Brooks Jr. And now he's a guy I actually really like. Um, his dad was a stud player as well. And I think that he actually, he's got a, I mean, 6'3", 210. He reminds me a little of Nick Toon. Um watching him uh, no that's a that's a good comparison i think he's probably more polished than nick coming out of high school that's saying something yeah um but once again nick played here and he played down in st louis and had a dad who was in the nfl you know <laughs> like um well nick had so, a dad that played the nfl too so oh wait what am i talking about <laughs> his dad was only one of the greats one oh of the greats God. for the jets we forget we forget a lot and, that yeah why did you guys bring me on this show? Because <laughs> you have a ton of it. Dude, just you I'm make horrible. a mistake too. It's okay. <laughs> you, know, you can make one oh, mistake on the show. I have a mistake. <laughs> no. But is he, is, are any of these guys like, is Chris a deep threat burner who's 
who's scary for the long ball. He can do the long ball. He's faster than you think. Uh, like McIntosh, he covers ground with each step. Um, so here's the deal with Chris is I've known him since he was born, basically. Um, and so his dad played for us at Nebraska. Um, Mm -hmm. my dad recruited his dad to Nebraska. And so I've known his dad and him for a long time. So Chris, it was funny when I was doing the scouting, I get the, the high school coaches send me their sheets, tell me who they want me. This is what I did all day. I would go through entire teams. Coaches would send me the sheets. And so, uh, like I would be that filter for, for teams in the past. So I get on the sheet. I'm like, Chris Brooks, Jr. From SLU in St. Louis. I was like, this gotta be Chris's kid. So like I hit him up and it was, and I was like, no way. So like right away, I'm like, Oh, I gotta watch him. And, uh, you know, great size. And he starts out like as a sophomore and they, they're loaded. They have like Isaac Thompson, uh, signed with Missouri this year. Uh, they're, uh, they've got the youngest Ringo kid who's going to be probably a five-star. Um, and Chris, he won conference player of the year at receiver over all those guys. Um, and so, but, uh, and that's another tangent, but, uh, but I, uh, so Chris, he got hurt as a sophomore. So his film was limited. Then you have a junior COVID year, which uh, he did get all conference, but like, they're not playing a full season. It's kind of weird. Coaches can't go on the road and actually see him because he blows you away from the eyeball test. And um, so he misses out on that. Then he comes up to uh, Chicago for the edgy Tim and EFT showcase, which had guys like Marvin Burks there. Who's got, you know, Oregon, USC, like everybody is a DB, a bunch of big time recruits. And he goes in there and he's, he's handling his own. Like, um, you know, I don't remember specific reps and who they were against, but like he was a stud going up against top players. Like he's a polished route runner. He tacks the ball with his hands. Um, he is faster than you think. Now he's not a blazer where you're going to like line him up, up against the fastest corner and just go downfield and beat him. But that being said, he's going to be more physical than your fastest DB. And even if the DB can run with him, he can little brother him and go and get the ball. Um, so I like that. Yeah, he, he can catch the deep ball. You just well, who's can't our- count on him every play to do that. You know, who is our who is our tallest wide receiver this year? How tall is he? Six feet? Was six Danny Davis six? Danny Davis short. Six one, I want to say six one. Kendrick but if Pryor's he, like six foot, yeah. or, right? So, six one. so we're putting five inches on top of one of these guys. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think that's going to help merch tremendously. Of two <laughs> wide receivers who are six five, even if the ball drifts up, that guy's wings go get it. Go get it. So yeah, I, I like that these guys physically stand out there i mean their their film looks awesome i mean yeah. even this guy who, who, who was that Vinny anthony this guy oh, looks Vinny awesome anthony too. is a great returner dude he, he looks awesome I, I saw a high school game like the first or second high school game of his season this year he took a a kickoff to the house at the end of the game to win the game that was one of the most ridiculous returns i've ever seen i uh, i did not even see that um, yeah, it was but yeah, unreal. He's more of like in the Nick Davis mold, you know, um, but taller. I don't think he's actually, he, he might be six foot, but he might be a little shorter than that. Um, but he's your more dynamic guy. And I think that's good that you take some big bodies and you take some smaller bodies. Um, you've got to have that combo. 
And the thing that I do like about all these guys, including Vinny, you can put him on the outside uh, because he can run, run like he, he can stick his foot in the ground and get in separation on in cuts and all these things. Um, so I do think all these guys are interchangeable. And as a defense, and especially like when you're game planning, and you're trying to be like, do I label like Ferguson, for example, like he would split out and everything and you, you can put them anywhere. There's certain guys that make it harder to game plan just because you have to, when you're doing uh, your calls based off uh, personnel groupings, you're like, do we, is he a real receiver? Is he more of a tight end? Well, if he's lining up with his hand down on the inside and splitting out, he's a tight end, but the personnel is interchangeable. So it's hard to make personnel based tendency based calls when you got guys who can play all over the place. So I really like what they did at the receiver position group. Um, and I think they're adding, and I think they saw that, whereas Ferguson was the guy who could be that big receiver before. Now they got multiple guys that can do that. And just like, I like guys who, you know, start in the secondary and they get bigger and you move them down. Like there's nothing better than a safety in high school ends up a DN, like uh, the Isaiah, uh, what's his name from, uh, Clemson that plays for the Cardinals oh, Simmons. now. I say uh, Simmons. I, yeah, like that guy was a safety in high school. You love moving him down. You don't want to take a defensive lineman and move him backwards. <laughs> you know, like you want to take the athletes and get them bigger and move them down. Now, so, Clint, that's. Oh, sorry. Keep going. No, sorry. go. No, I was saying I, with I was so with Chikwe, who I absolutely love, with yeah. him, who who can he, can any of these guys actually play next year? Are they mostly redshirt guys? No, I could see them. I could see all three of them playing. I mean, Chris is physically ready. Wait, that's not, I said the wrong name. Ready. What's you, his you, name? You, 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 you meant Shimmery, not Ch I was thinking Chico, I was thinking of Chico yeah. Obasi. I'm like, yeah, that's no, my guy. That's why I'm thinking him. <laughs> no, like, you meant Shimmery. You meant Shimmery. Yeah. Uh, Dyke or whatever. Yeah. DK, he's yeah. a good player. He's already on the team. DK, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, these kids are physically ready. Um, now, like you look at Chris, he's got a baby face, but then you look at his, you know, and he's like big body, strong kid, but these kids are all going to get bigger and stronger. That's what's exciting about it. Whereas a guy like, uh, Macintosh or Brooks, like in a few years, they might be a kid who they're a receiver, but you can go and put them in that kind of H position if you want to. Whereas kind of like I was saying, moving guys from safety to DN moving him from receiver to tight end. Like that's what Iowa does and has all these freaks at tight end, you know, like, and it, it just gives you flexibility. So I think you have those type of kids. Now it's Chris or Tommy going to go in and, and run split zone and ear hole guy as a freshman. No, but they might be able to carve out a role, especially on special teams. And as a, as a pass catcher, as soon as next year, I could see it. Um, if not, even as developmental guys, I guarantee you we see snaps from at least one of them at the very least on offense and probably all three at some point because you can play them four games and still have them redshirt. Yeah. What a great okay. rule. So yeah. every class, you got to talk about the quarterbacks. You got to talk about the quarterbacks. Wisconsin, Miles Burkett, in-state kid who were there a little hesitant on uh, offering, ended up offering him. He recruited almost, uh, he committed almost on the spot. He's the First true dual threat guy they've gotten since I think DJ Gillens, if you remember that name. Uh, I don't need, I remember the name. I don't remember him. DJ Gillens, four star out of Fort Lauderdale, ended up coming up to Wisconsin, never caught on, transferred away. He like moved to receiver for a minute, but Burkett is a kid who is very unlike the 
quarterbacks that they have recruited in many of the past cycles. What do you see yeah. out of him and what's his what's his best quality and what does he need to improve on the most? So um I think he's more in and I'm sure and I wouldn't know because I don't have enough time to like read all the articles about it, but like or but like I'm sure he's been compared to more of your Russell Wilson, right? Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Um and, and well <laughs> But I've only seen the film, so I like literally have never read an article about him. You know, I know he's an in-state kid and all that stuff. I would say his best ability is to obviously he's mobile, but his ability to use his feet to keep the plays alive to not necessarily run, but keeping his eyes downfield. Um, so he's looking to make a play on every play. He's not going to give up on a play, and I think it's not doesn't mean that he's looking to make a play with his feet. Whereas most quarterbacks, they get out of the pocket, you pressure them. They're like, yeah, I get to run. And they just tuck the ball and go like he's willing to keep his eyes downfield and take a hit and make a throw. I think that's a great, uh, a great uh, quality. Um, the thing that he probably has to work on most would be just going through reads and, and just putting the ball in the right place and, maybe overall accuracy. He's actually, I feel like when he's moving, maybe more accurate. I don't have a stat on that. Um, and some guys are like that. I haven't watched this film in a while, so hopefully I'm not talking out of my butt. But uh, um, no, I like him. I, I think he's a very good player. I get that, you know, when you're, especially the way things went on offense this year, from what I can tell, um, <clears throat> And you're looking for a little bit of that old magic of when just every play it was like, oh, we're fine. Third and 12, we got it. You know, like it was all good. Um, he brings that, I think. And you looking for a little bit of that old magic. And I think he has that uh, that attribute. So I think that's a very good thing. Um, whereas the team pressures now and maybe we just get rid of the ball or don't make the right throw or or all that side of thing, I think he's not afraid to step up into the pocket, scramble, keep his eyes downfield, and be able to get it running or passing. So I think that's a great thing. Accuracy, which is <clears> – <throat> I don't know what his accuracy stats were. Um, it's not like he's throwing the ball 100 times a game either. Um, so that can get skewed at the high school level, especially if kids are dropping the ball and everything like that. Um but uh, the thing that worries you about accuracy is it's rarely taught. You're either accurate or you're not, you know? Um, it's not like the wild thing, Rick Vaughn, where you get him a pair of glasses and all of a sudden he's throwing Ks. But, Great uh, reference. <laughs> I was but, like, uh, or, no, or you're I, Josh I, Allen, and then all of a sudden, like three years into the league, you, you go from like 54% accurate to 72% accuracy. That does dude, not he's, happen. He's a dude, though. I know. It doesn't happen. Um because he's got such a cannon, like even if the receiver can't catch the ball, it's gonna stick like right there <laughs> <laughs> their helmet and they're just gonna they're gonna keep running. So I think that's helped with his accuracy. Um, yeah, it happens. Uh, and that's actually kind of a thing that I learned from uh, from Mike Leach a long time ago. It's like one of the things that he looks for when recruiting quarterbacks is accuracy. He cares more about accuracy than he does about how smart they are, uh, how fast they can throw the ball, how many different throws they're capable of making because it's the one thing that he said he could never coach into a kid. And then, so I started looking at accuracy and then looking at success at the next level. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy's genius, which he is. He's a weird genius, but he's a genius. And I really like him. And so like, I try to pick up things from that 
especially when they talk about evaluation characteristics. Um, and uh, so, you know, that would be, and I'm not saying he's not accurate. Like I said, I haven't looked at the stats or, or watched the film in a while, but that would be like the only concern, like it is pretty much on every kid coming out of high school that isn't like a 75% passer in a open offense. So, okay. So I want to flip to the defensive side of the ball, you know, uh, interesting collection of talent here on the defensive side of the ball. There is one guy I think is just going to be an absolute stud, but I don't want to, I don't want to tip my hand here. Who do you like out of the, on this defensive class? Who do you like the most? I'm going to guess. Are you saying, are you going with Aiden Vaughn? No, he, he's my number two. Austin Brown. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I'm good. <laughs> Love Austin Brown. I think that kid, I think him and Hunter Wooler are going to be the safety pairing for the future at Wisconsin. I think Austin Brown is just a beast. I loved that kid. Austin Brown's a stud. He is. If he was in Chicago, he's kind of off the beaten path. If he was in Chicago, he probably would have been like a, a four-star national recruit type of kid. Um, very talented. He's physically ready to play. Um, uh, he uh, extreme, you know, when you talk about body control and body mechanics, like I don't look at Austin. I'm like, oh, he's the best because he's the fastest kid in the nation. Or he's the best because he does this one thing great. The kid is good at everything. Like his best attribute is he is a great football player. And Wisconsin's built on that. You know, they're built on great football players. I mean, just look at Bernie. You know, like out, Bernie, that, 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 yeah! that was Bernie coming out of I high mean, school. That that that's that, just football player. Just football player. Hit him with the hammer. I came in as an athlete. Yeah. I, they didn't know where to put me. Yeah, well, you know what? And it's crazy. You, you don't realize how big you are on your film. Like, well, on my film, bigger. I was playing against, but high school, I was the biggest guy in the field almost all the time. Yeah, but you still aren't as big as you are on film. Like, you couldn't tell that you were like a big, bruising running back. You know, you looked all skinny and you had the big shoulder pads. <laughs> and on you wore and, like yeah. number 80. Like, my like yeah. shoulder pads were the biggest pads you could possibly find. I think they're the biggest I mean, ones we had in our school. Oh, yeah. They, they might have had to go to, like, Foot Locker to get you a bigger pair. <laughs> <laughs> Does Foot Locker even sell pads? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, I uh, laugh because it seems ridiculous. It's probably true. You know, like, <laughs> they definitely did. Like, if they, they they went to play it against sports, and they bought uh, – they bought Toon's old uh, NFL shoulder pads. You, put you them know on what's you. really funny, though, is I got to Wisconsin and we tried their shoulder pads on, and I was like, where's they the rest fit? of them? No, because they were so, you know, the pads. Because science, they were tiny. Yeah. They were so little, but the science behind the pads are they're more, they're, they're, they're better to take a huge hit on. Yeah. And you don't need the thick pads. I went from power pads that were like huge pillows, like almost like, like sofa pillows on your shoulders to – these little teeny pads that were were the size of like what like um I don't even know like a like a quarter thick. Well, they're just like the shells that we remember when they, we used to wear the spider pads. Yeah. Uh, burn spiders today, half shell or quarter shell, no shell. Um, yeah. Remember going into the locker room and seeing that on the board and be like, yeah. <laughs> still, the inside play though was still like like a little bit too physical. That you're not wearing pads. Oh, you're yeah. wearing these like. They didn't have anything besides like it was like wearing less than a pillow. I don't even know, but it was like wearing was like, like a big rubber. winter jacket. Yeah, yeah. And we That's were still kind of grabbing each other. <laughs> yeah. That was the worst pain practice because when you get in, 
you have all these like grip oh, marks on your chest. Twisters, and yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all on your yeah. side of your chest, like all these. Yeah, grip- because everyone's buttoned up, like right yep. in there. Oh, it's the worst. I hated. I hated. The, all like, when bruised up. Yeah, dudes are going like one hundred percent with only a helmet on. Basically, I was like, guys, this isn't yeah. fair for a fullback. Like, what am I gonna do? So then yeah. I just started hitting people like kind of almost normally. People getting mad at me. I'm like, you know what? I don't care if you're mad at me. Coach White and Coach Alvarez aren't, so it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> the only matter. thing you can do is hit me like you're doing already. Yeah. They can actually punish me. <laughs> the guy with both chin straps buckled and my mouthpiece in, like going full go. <laughs> Everyone else. So, yeah, I love it. I have a question for you, Clint. This is something because I'm looking at all these guys' profiles on, on the Rivals page. You know, some of these guys we've been talking about, Wisconsin is their biggest school. You know, some of them them. are army. A lot of them. A lot of them is like, they're, but they're leaps and bounds. Austin Brown's different. He's got BC. Cincinnati is at least listed Ball State. But a lot of these guys, you know, it's Eastern Michigan's. It's it's the smaller schools. Does that, does that come in, does that matter to you? Or does that matter in, in the way that they're graded by the interest of some of the schools? And I don't know, you're just overall thoughts. Austin Brown's different. I think, you know, Cincinnati was in the playoffs this year. Yeah. And I think you also look at it as um, he, he committed during like kind of a COVID summer and pretty early on. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm a school, he's off the beaten path. I mm-hmm. get no days on the road. I know nothing about the kid. Have an eyeball him, And he's committed to Wisconsin. Unless he's a sure thing. Am I going to hop or fly to Chicago, drive four hours, not be able to see him in the school, um, you know, recruit against the team he's already committed to, who's a very successful team, a, a brand name school. Like, even if I'm at a big school, am I doing that? When, especially when I know or have seen a kid that I can go and get, that's not committed. Mm-hmm. And I think, so that's why his offer list is like that. Um, he's kind of a one-off, I guess, in that situation. And I think that's how he ends up at a Wisconsin. Um, uh, for some, you yeah, you do worry a little bit about that. Um, so for me, not as much. Um, I mean, the evaluate. L- listen, like, there's sometimes that I'm right when I'm like, this kid's gonna be awesome. Why is he going to Southern Illinois? Like I sat like when I did the scouting, like I'd be begging teams to offer a kid sometimes. Now, sometimes I was way far off and there was a reason that they didn't have a bunch of offers because I was wrong. (laughs) Um, But there were times when I was also right. Uh, You know, I look at like a Jeremy Chin that went to Southern Illinois or uh, uh, yeah, he's a stud. Like are the, who's the defensive back who's at Central Michigan that's down for Tampa Bay starting on their Super Bowl team, Miles uh, Bunting, Sean Bunting. Like, those are two kids who I was like begging teams to take and nobody would take them. And they both end up being like first or second round or third round draft picks. Um, so I, you, you have to trust your evaluation. I think one thing Wisconsin has really done a good job in is trusting their evaluation. I love that they don't care who offered. Um, I do think a lot of the time, especially when you're not used to doing it, you're really taking a risk because if you miss Kind of like I always say on a quarterback, like Miles Burkett, he's 5'11". You miss on him, they're like, you guys are an idiot. If you miss on a kid who's 6'4 at every offer in the country, that's on the kid, not the coach. They blame the kid. Like, oh, the kid didn't pan out. The coaches were right. The kid just sucked, you know? 
if a kid's under recruited or doesn't have the measurables and all these things, like these coaches are idiots. That kid could have been good. He just shouldn't have gone to Wisconsin, you know, like, so you get fired for missing on kids who aren't recruited highly or don't have the measurables. Uh, the kids off the team for the, you know, the kids don't pan out or like, you know, so there is a little bit of a, a political play, so to speak, when there comes to recruiting. I do like that they trust their evaluations. They know what their system is and they've proven to be successful with it. So until you're not for a lot of years, uh, I say, you know, we got to trust these coaches with these evaluations. So one guy you mentioned uh, a minute ago is Aiden Vaughn and Aiden Vaughn yeah. absolutely blew up as a senior. He was a kid who was committed yeah. to air force for a long yeah. time and then got a, <clears throat> just a bevy of offers ended up flipping to Wisconsin, which I think is huge because he's got a frame that huge. I think is going to be, I think he's going to be awesome. But I mean, you look at Colorado, Florida state, Illinois, Louisville, Maryland, Minnesota, Northwestern, Syracuse, West Virginia. I mean, he just got like, as a senior, he seemed to just completely blossom. What do you see in Vaughn? What position do you project him at? So he, um, so that was also a circumstantial thing. Had he been uh, like this early on, he might have ended up being a four-star kid. Uh, he blew up late. He only had like one evaluation left before these were kind of done, maybe two ranking cycles. Last time we talked, uh, he wasn't rated, I don't think. Um and he ended up being your highest three star. Um, so let's start out with why was why did he end up blowing up late? Well, one, he didn't have any film. He played in like maybe one or two games and got hurt as a sophomore. Yep. Then didn't really have a season. COVID season. I think. COVID season, no film. Then he gets to his senior year. So keep in mind, he went around to camps and teams loved him. They're like, uh, we would love to offer you but you've never played high school football, <laughs> you know, like, and so they like what they see in camp, but they don't see it on film. And so air force is like, well, we don't need to see it on film. We can take 40 kids and you're out of our league. We'll take you. And uh, so they take them. And then all of a sudden senior film comes out. Turns out he's actually good on the football field too. And teams looking for players well you're looking for a guy who's long explosive athletic plays with a motor and he is all those things ends up being a stud picks up tons of schools and wisconsin gets him in the end now he could play anything from i think a rush end to an outside linebacker wisconsin actually what do we have him listed as an athlete still Out oh, we have him backer. as a linebacker okay yeah he's gonna end up playing inside for wisconsin i believe yeah, so I think they see him as a guy who can grow in to that to prototypical guy who we've had for the past few, or Wisconsin has had for the past few. You, years, it's okay. You, you know? can say we. You 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 were you were I part can't. of the program. <laughs> you were part of the program. It's okay. I know. Yeah, yeah. I still can't. Um, I can't even wear. I was at one of my dad's football games, and they're like, "No, you, I'm not supposed to wear a, a Texas Tech shirt. I had to wear my rival shirt." That's really funny. <laughs> That's really well, six, funny. Yeah. A six four frame, two twenty is is a solid start for I yeah. think a human being in general, but a human being <laughs> but, I mean this guy's like Chrome Magnum, man. Like, but but a kid <laughs> a kid who's who didn't have two seasons, who pretty much looked great as a senior, you know, 
the ceiling is very high, especially at 6'4", 220. Let him continue to come into his body. But he could put 10 pounds of muscle on and play inside, or he could lose five pounds of fat and maybe play outside. So it's an interesting, yeah. you know, like, I guess they'll probably, I mean, obviously they'll go and see where he's going to be, be at, but he's exciting. Like we've had a good oh, yeah. group of, well, Wisconsin Big has been a guys. it's been a linebacker factory for the past yeah. decade, basically. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're putting as many linebackers into the pros as any other Big Ten school at this point. I think my dad one time, like back in the day, there was like five NFL running back or linebackers in his group, like on that roster. Bernie, like Jeff Mack, was he before us or around us? Jeff he Mack, was, he like, was, he, he, was, he yeah. might have even played in the NFL, but like Nick Grison. Uh, uh, night. Um, there was like a whole, uh, there was like five of them on one team, which is pretty insane. Like Wisconsin, they develop talent, but like yeah, those Lewis. were talented kids. Alex Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Like there was a bunch. I can't remember all the names. I mean, even going back all the way to like, I don't know, like Eric Umverzak and stuff like that, like way back in the day. Um, you know, there was a, Wisconsin just kind of a linebacker place, it seems like. And, I, you know, the style of play really plays to it. I would say it was a hard-nosed, like, lunchbox, what Alva used to say, yeah. place. Yeah. Now I think it's a true linebacker. Like, like NFL, like prototypical. I mean, like... these now we have probably 10 guys in the pros who are playing. Some of these dudes who oh, you yeah. like, like Van Ginkle, you're like, he was good for the Badgers, <laughs> yeah. not great. And now he's playing yeah. in the team. In the NFL, yeah, and he produces, yeah. he does well. So, yeah, and I do they're think, like names. Yeah. It's not just like one-offs, like I was talking about, who yeah. like we knew because they were really good and they were like a fifth-round draft pick, you know. But like now, not it's like TJ Watt, like you players. know, <laughs> yeah, getting, getting, yeah. And you talk about players of value, like you know, linebackers don't necessarily aren't a, like a first-round draft pick uh, type thing, but like Wisconsin's putting out early-round draft picks at linebacker, yeah. I mean, Zach Bond, like we said, TJ Watt. I mean, even TJ Edwards, who has been, I, I don't I don't know if he was like a yeah. fourth round, I want to say, third round, fourth round, something like that. Yeah, he was he, later he's on. Awesome. He's he was awesome. a two-star, I think. He was a two-star quarterback in high school. Yeah, I remember he was at Lakes High School. I uh, went up to the high school to see him. So once again, yes, all this kind of matters, but you still have these, these gems or these diamonds yeah. with all the coal around them. Clint, yeah. out of this group, are there any... Or, or who do you think are productive guys and who do you think are diamonds just kind of waiting to be waiting to, they're, waiting to be come out of their come out of their shell just need a little polish gotta dust dust it off yeah <laughs> um I mean maybe these are guys who so let me go. I'll start with Barrett Nelson. Last time we talked, he was a two star. I told you that he was going to get a bomb. Um, You're right. Yeah. Yeah. He and got a bump to a high he's three. He's a three five star. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> In fact, we just did an article recently where each of the national analysts had to hold on. I got to make sure a kid's not committing where I have to put something out. Um, <laughs> I can describe the article because I read it. Each national analyst had to choose one three star that they thought would, would turn into a first round pick. And I forget if it was it you or was it Hamel? Gorney. It was Gorney. It was Gorney. Gorney, who's 
Is he the lead? Our head analyst? national analyst. He head is our, he's analyst our head chose, of heads. Chose Nelson as his three-star to become a first-round pick in the future. Yeah. And um, he's that type of – he's just so raw right now. Like, I saw him as a freshman or sophomore, I think it was. He was playing defensive line at Stoughton. And uh, he was just this big body, but he was kind of, like, all over the place. But, like, you knew – like, the second you got there, you're like, who is this kid? And they're like, oh, he's – this old and you're like what the hell and then you realize it's uh, one of the nelsons and you're like oh this kind of all makes sense um from a long and he's athletic too now he's six six two seventy five and i think about the way that kid was moving when he was younger and i'm like yeah he might have not been all coordinated but most kids who are this big when they're 12 years old aren't you know like um now he's six six two seventy five and you just He's raw, but you look at the upside, like that's why he's ranked that high. That kid is draft potential. Like he's got a chance to be very good. His brother's already pretty darn good as a sophomore. His dad was a stud. Um, he's got a lot of things going in his favor, you know? Um, so he would be probably the number one guy just, and I say that because he was the two star that all of a sudden is the 5.73. And then all of a sudden, three years from now, you're like, how did he end up here? Well, he's from Wisconsin. He's an offensive lineman. That makes sense. <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, he's a big time. I think he's got big time potential. I think Isaac Ham is a kid that can be freaky good. Um, he has everything in him to be a big time, big time player. Um, he's got the length. He's got the athleticism. Uh, he's got a punch. He's got a motor. He, this kid, I'm trying to think, I mean, he's in your like JJ Watt mold almost, you know, like, but maybe he's probably more athletic high school. You know, he's not the same football. He's probably a better football player than JJ was coming out of high school. Actually, JJ ended up at central Michigan. Isaac ended up in Wisconsin. Um, but uh, I, I really like his upside. Now, I can't speak to the entire class because, like, when we're doing these rankings meetings, I'm not, we're not going to sit there and debate every 5'5", five, 3-star, five, three 5'6", five, 3-star from across the country unless they're in the talk to be a higher kid. So if they're not in my area and they're only a 3-star, I don't take a deep dive into them unless they get brought up and be like, hey, these are the guys in this higher rank conversation. If not, you got to trust the analyst in the area that they know what they're talking about because – I have to know what I'm talking about in my area. Um, and then the kids that I need to go to bat for, I can do that. And then other people will know about them too. So like some of these kids, uh, I wouldn't know much about, but the two that really stick out is your, your diamonds in the rough to me are, are Barrett Nelson, Isaac Ham, and then just Chris Brooks because he was committed to Yale and you don't expect that. I put a power five ranking on Chris, I think when he was a sophomore. And then when I saw him at that camp, uh, as a junior, I was like, he's a sure power five kid. I think because of COVID and an early injury, it was like a total fluke thing. It was like a kidney or something um, that uh, I think, you know, is how he ended up at Yale originally. But I think he's a, he's a big sleeper as well. I mean, there's a lot of good players in there. You bring up Vinny Anthony, um, Tommy McIntosh. Uh, I don't know much about Cade Iaconelli, but I know people have raved about him. Uh and, um, so yeah, I just, there's, there's, it's only the 40, what, six did we say? But, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think there is a lot to like here. Would you have liked it 
to maybe go a little better to have a couple headliners or a couple more offensive linemen from your own state. Yes. But, um, I think, I think they've done a good job at getting their guys, you know? Um, and I think that's important. Austin Brown, you know, he's the highest three star. So like with, with Barrett, it's kind of hard to be like, well, he's a total diamond in the rough, an ugly coal baby, you know, but then all of a sudden that coal comes off. And they're a diamond. Yeah, and that's what happens at Wisconsin. Half of their three stars are five point seven guys, which is the highest three star that you can have, right? And so, you know, some of those guys, like you've talked about, might have been a borderline four star. Like someone like an Isaac Ham is a four star on a different service, right? You know, Austin uh, Austin Brown, Barrett Nelson. These guys are very high level three stars, and so, you know, I I think a a lot of times, you know, in, in your business, you're splitting hairs. Like you are, and you yes. have to make the tiniest of delineations and it's projecting. You don't, cause you can't really know a kid's work ethic. You can't know yeah. what's between his ears. And so. No question. This is all physical athletic and mm-hmm. basically keeping their nose clean eval. Um, you know, I don't know. Like we, we have to rank how many, like thousands of kids across the country. I've got tons just in my area alone. And so you're not going to get everything hundred percent right. And it is splitting hairs, a five, six and a five, seven. Why is he a five, seven over this five, six? Sometimes I can't tell you, you know, like that's just how it is. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Well, we've kept you for a long time. So we are going to wrap it up here. Next time we have you, we're going to do it. We're going to we do are a, doing the. We're doing a video special for the next time we have you. We're yes. going to have Clint Costco breaking down Bernie's high school highlight tape and ranking him on the rivals uh, using the rivals rating scale. Ooh, yes. Yes. Um, can, can we like, when we do that next time, can we put the video up? Well, uh, Oh yeah. And then oh, yeah. can I comment on it? That's as we exactly go what it? we're going to do. I've already, I already know how I'm going to do it. So I'm going to prep the video in advance with the hammers. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. You got hammered. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So I love it. Clint, it is always a pleasure to hang out with you. Yeah, you are you. you're one of our favorite people, man. Like we love your energy. I love it, man. I love I love coming on with you guys. I just talk too much, you know. That's why I'm that's why I'm still here. I talk too much. No Not at all. Dude, we no we need thing. it. We need this knowledge. The Wisconsin fan <laughs> base needs the knowledge. Absolutely. We need to know who we're oh, getting. Gosh. We need to know what's going to happen. I also forward. while we're here, I want to shout out Curtis Neal. The defensive tackle in this class, I think he okay. is like he's like a uh, he's like a uh, he's like a nasty little groundhog. He is he is going to be like someone who just like burrows under people and just annoys the crap out of them. I love the way. Is he like he, an Aaron Donald? Yeah, I mean that that's high praise, but yeah, same style <laughs> of play, same style of play. Um, you know, I just I think he's going to be awesome at at nose guard. He doesn't have the size of a Keanu Benton yeah. or something like that, or an Olive Sagapolu, which is what we've seen in the 3-4 defense that Jimmy has had. He is, you know, he's not as, I mean, he's listed at 6'2". I think he's probably closer to six feet, um, you know, 305, 310. But I, I just see him being a, annoying as hell for opposing teams. Like I played, I was a center. He is the last kind of person I would want to go against because he's super fast off the ball and he just, he annoys the crap out of people. 
You know who he looks like, Bernie? Um, Build-wise, uh, my older roommate, Lyle Maeva. I was going to say, that sounds like Lyle. Yeah. We look some- exactly <laughs> like the same build. Lyle's a cop in Honolulu now. Is he? That, I mean, Last time I'm I was scared. there, I was stopping police cars and asking <laughs> if, if they knew where Lyle was. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> They're like, who? I, I, Lyle was such a nice guy. I mean, he was just like nicest the nicest guy human. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are like, Lyle. how do you play football? You're the nicest person on the planet how do you not get taken advantage because you're like big and like look mean but you're like literally the nicest person ever <laughs> he really is oh yeah man. no he's he's a he's he's salt of the earth he's one of the best people i've ever been around he's awesome yeah well clint thank you man no this is really a, pro- a pleasure and uh we definitely have to have you on way more obviously but the matt bernstein Let's film is gonna be special that is gonna be special we're gonna we're, we're gonna blow that one out so that's oh going to be a lot God. of fun. I can't wait for that. So, that would be awesome. Well, make sure to check out all of Clint's work on Rivals.com. He's everywhere. He has some awesome videos up right now interviewing all these commits, especially if you're a Wisconsin fan. Man, you have absolutely got to check out that Chris Brooks interview. That was that was fantastic stuff. And, uh, you know, they can find you, what, on Twitter, on Instagram, Rivals Clint, I think. Yeah. Yeah, rivals underscore Clint on both of those. All right. All right. Well, thank you again, Clint, so much. And until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. On rivals. On rivals. On rivals (laughs) and Wisconsin. There we go. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcast. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.